No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we begin the prophetic book of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar besieges Babylon and deports Daniel and his three friends. After three years of training, the king finds them ten times better than the others. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl begins in Daniel chapter 1 on Simply the Bible. We come now to one of the most fascinating books of the Old Testament. Daniel was called a prophet by Jesus, and his book deals with prophetic themes. The first six chapters are historical, chronicling the lives of Daniel and his three friends after they had been deported to Babylon. The last six chapters are prophetic and are considered apocalyptic, meaning that they unveil future events. Daniel described the future with such accuracy that in the 17th century, Bible critics began saying that these chapters must have been written by a different author at a later time. This only reveals their unbelief that God can speak through his prophets of future events with the same detail as if they had already occurred. Now, we will be interpreting Daniel with the assumption that it was in fact, written by Daniel, who lived in Babylon from 605 B.C. to 536 B.C., a span of about 70 years. The book of Daniel has been called the Revelation of the Old Testament, and he is a wonderful example of how someone can live a courageous and uncompromising life in the midst of a corrupt and idolatrous culture. This shows people of any age how they can stand for their faith and convictions, even when everyone else is turning away. Now, the book opens during a very dark time for the nation of Israel. The northern kingdom had already been taken into captivity by the Assyrians. God had sent the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah to the southern kingdom of Judah to warn them that if they would not repent of their idolatry and disobedience, that the same thing would happen to them. But for the most part, these warnings fell upon deaf ears. Now God had raised up King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, whom the Lord called my servant, for he would be God's instrument to judge nations. We begin in Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. This invasion of Jerusalem was in 605 BC. Nebuchadnezzar would invade the city two more times until he finally destroyed it and burned the temple. In this first invasion, Nebuchadnezzar took captive a number of the royal descendants according to the word of Isaiah spoken to King Hezekiah a century earlier. Daniel and his three friends were some of these nobility. Although we are not given their ages, they were probably in their early teens. Nebuchadnezzar also took some articles from the house of God and put them in the temple of his God in the land of Shinar, which was the ancient name of Babylonia. It was here that the Tower of Babel was built thousands of years earlier. 
Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Nebuchadnezzar's method was to take the finest, most promising youth of the peoples he conquered and assimilate them into the Babylonian language, culture, and religion. They would go through a three-year training process, imparting to them new knowledge, language, and literature before they would be allowed to serve in the king's palace. The young men that Ashpenaz chose were physically good-looking, mentally knowledgeable, quick to understand, and gifted in wisdom. By choosing the sons of nobility and holding them hostage in Babylon, it would help Nebuchadnezzar keep the royal family in line back in Jerusalem. Moreover, the careful training and preparation of these young people would make them very useful to the king in handling Jewish affairs. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Their training included introducing them to the king's cuisine. We can imagine that with Nebuchadnezzar's great wealth, he would have had every kind of delicacy from the distant reaches of his empire and the best wine. No doubt most of the captured youths would have jumped at the opportunity to sample such gourmet fare. But these foods presented a problem for Daniel and his three friends. For no doubt, they were not kosher. And the meat had likely first been offered to idols. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. Part of the Babylonian strategy was to strip them of their former identity and fully associate them with Babylon and the Babylonian gods. Therefore, the chief of the eunuchs gave them new names. Daniel, which means God is my judge, was changed to Belteshazzar. Bel, protect his life, is what it means. Bel was the name of a Babylonian god. Hananiah, which means Yahweh is gracious, was changed to Shadrach, which means the command of the moon god. Mishael, whose name meant who is like God, became Meshach, which means who is like Aku, one of the heathen gods. Azariah, which means Yahweh is my helper, became Abednego, which means the servant of Nego, another heathen god. The new knowledge, new food, and new names were all designed to assimilate them into the Babylonian culture. Far away from home and from their parents, these four youths were put to the extreme test. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. This verse is absolutely fundamental to the rest of Daniel's life and to the unfolding of this book. 
It was the firm resolve of Daniel and his three friends to go against the cultural pressure and remain faithful to God. They held fast to their convictions that they were God's covenant people. Thus, they proved that they were not only of noble descent, but also of noble character. And how did they do this? By purposing in their hearts not to defile themselves. They could not change their environment. They had no control over what they were taught. They couldn't make the Babylonians call them by their birth names, but they could control what they put into their bodies. They could control their thoughts. They could control their actions. Now, Daniel handled this situation with tact. I have heard that tact is making a point without making an enemy. He respected the one who had been placed over him. He humbly requested that he might not defile himself with the king's food. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. And let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies and as you see fit. So deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. God had brought Daniel into the favor of the chief eunuch. No doubt this was because Daniel had purposed in his heart not to defile himself. We can't really blame the chief of the eunuchs for fearing Nebuchadnezzar. The king had the reputation of killing anyone he didn't like. If Daniel and his friends looked worse than the others, then this man could lose not only his job, but also his head. With wisdom, Daniel proposed a test to the steward whom the chief eunuch had assigned to them. Give us only vegetables and water for 10 days. At the end of that time, compare our appearance with the others who eat the king's food, and then do whatever you think is best. And the steward consented and tested them for the 10 days. Now, Daniel and his friends exercised faith here. They trusted that if they were faithful to God's word, then God would see to it that they looked at least as good as the other guys. Often doing the right thing requires faith on our part. Now, I do wonder if Daniel and his friends did some extra push-ups just to make sure that they were looking good. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing our part as long as we do it in faith. Do your best and then trust God with the rest. At the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus, the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. You see, it was actually to the steward's advantage to have his guys looking better than the other steward's guys. That would make him look better before the king. So he gave them the diet that they requested. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. God gave them knowledge, skill, and understanding. We need to remember that he is the source of all blessings No doubt they studied hard, but they also recognized that their abilities came from the Lord. Do we understand that? When God gives us skills and gifts, that they come from Him. 
And Daniel also had a special gift in understanding and interpreting visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Is it any wonder that at the end of their three-year training, King Nebuchadnezzar found these four young men ten times better than the other wise men in his kingdom? We shouldn't be surprised because God honors those who honor him. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Daniel served in the court of the kings of Babylon and of the Medes and Persians, for the entire 70 years that Judah was held in Babylonian captivity. You know, we should all seek to be men and women of conviction, knowing that we are called to be God's holy people. And may we also purpose in our hearts not to defile ourselves with those things that would violate our conscience. And finally, may we be people of faith who know that if we honor God, then he will honor us. We don't have to separate ourselves physically from the world and join a monastery. We don't have to compromise our convictions with the culture at large. We can stand courageously, uncompromisingly, and wisely in our culture. If Daniel and his friends could do it, then so can we. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. That helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see where King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, but his wise men are unable to tell it to him, so he orders for them to be killed. But Daniel and his friends pray, and God reveals the dream. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Daniel on Simply the Bible.